Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell. Colin, today we are joined by John Davis, cornerback for North Texas, uh, senior. Uh, John, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Great to be living. Blessed to be here. That's a that's a great it's a great uh, mentality. It's a great attitude. We we all we all need that sometimes. Um, there's a lot to talk about. We, I'm really excited to have you on and uh, get to pick your brain a little bit about everything from you know this year's team and the season and all that stuff. But I think your journey is kind of where I want to start when when talking to you. Uh, maybe just for those who don't know you, but you're going into year seven now of college football, three years at Texas tech, three years at North Texas. Um, and the main thing for me is, is we were there, um, you know, covering you in 2021 20, or 20 and 21. And then last year you were going to be a starter Tory ACL in the first game of the year. Um, what was last year like for you, I guess, going through all that and um, you know, just going through your career and then finally having this kind of moment of being there to year six. And then, Boom, you get hurt the first first game of the year. Man, it was rough. You know, the first game, uh, ex- excited to go into the first uh, my sixth season. Um, excited for what the future held after the season. And, you know, things happen. You know, we have journeys where, you know, God gives us where things happen. And uh, it was tough. It was, it was a strong mental grind, you know, for the past 10 months, you know, um, going through something like a major injury, like an ACL, it was really rough. But, you know, I was, you know, dealing with some things like before surgery, you know, kind of in denial, going to see doctors, you know, is it torn? Is it half torn? But, you know, um, I, I made a good decision, uh, had the right doctor. And then after I had surgery, it was nothing but motivation from there. What's that like psychologically to push through that for those 10 months? You already kind of brought up you were dealing with like the denial and everything. And obviously we all know how hard it is physically to try to get over an ACL tear. But with you being in denial, how hard was it to one, accept that and then push for those 10 months knowing it's like, hey, it's year seven or I'll be going into year seven. Right. Um, mentally, man, it's psychologically it's hard. Yeah. That's what a lot of the ACL rehabilitation is, is your psych, your psychological, your your trust it's way more mental than physical. Um, there's going to be days in rehab where your knee's hurting. There's days where it's not hurting. There's days where it's stiff, days where it's not stiff. But the point of rehab to me was pushing through those things, pushing through a little bit of pain, pushing through, you know, some adversity and getting back to where you want to be. I I mentioned earlier, it's year seven for you. Um, first of all, are, are you the oldest player on the team? Do you, you know that for a fact now? or I we... was, but we had a punter come in from Australia. He's, I think he's 26 or 27, I think. I was the oldest player. Damn. Dang. <laughs> yeah. we, we were talking about pre-podcast about how we think, I guess now the punter, but you were the last person born in the 90s on the yeah. team, right? Yeah. yeah, it's crazy, man. Like all, my, like all my teammates are like 21, 22, like born in 2000. It's so weird. Yeah, because I, I was – I'm, I was – so I graduated high school in 2016. Colin graduated in 2015, uh, and you graduated 2017. So we are like – I was like, man, this is the last, you know, player last grasp. close to us. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Austin already didn't count. Austin was older than this. Yeah. I think Gabe Blair was like, yeah, I'm, I, I was born in 2001 or something like that. Didn't you say that? 
Yeah, it was something like 2001 so, or 2002. Something. Yeah, and I was like, dang, man. I was in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, it's feel, I feel like everyone's calling me old man around here and stuff like that. It's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, I, I, I do want to ask you about something real quick uh, is the, the Texas Tech years for you because you're looking back on it, you know, you didn't play a ton there. Um, you were actually, I guess, kind of knew Eric, Eric Morris a little bit there from one year, but – what were those three years like for you and pushing through them and then finally realizing, you know, I need a new start, I need a fresh start? Um, I had a lot of staff changes around at Texas Tech. Uh, I tried to, you know, stick through it. Um, it was great. I developed a lot of good relationships with coaches that I had there. It was I'm glad I made a decision to go there after high school. Um I just think I just thought it was a time for a fresh start after, you know, I think the twenty eighteen 2018 season, 2019 season, just to get a fresh start. Um, I did know Coach Morris. He was like, I was on scout team when he was there. It was it was a good it was a good time. Um, and it's I'm glad for him to be here and uh, have a uh, reuniting uh, aspect of him. Uh, he's a great coach, and I'm glad he uh, I'm glad he stood on the table for me to get the waiver for me to play, come back and play my seventh year. I I don't remember exactly, but. Was Coach Jennings your your coach at Texas Tech for for a year or two, and then when he came over to North Texas, you followed him, or was that uh, unrelated? What was that? Right. So he he was my he recruited me out of high school when he was at U of H. Okay. Um, he ended up coming to Texas Tech. I think my red shirt it says twenty eighteen. So yeah, red shirt sophomore year. Sophomore. No, red shirt freshman year. Yeah, second year. Um, then he ended up changing schools, and then uh, twenty twenty. Uh, when I entered the portal, uh, we communicating, and then uh, he got me here to North Texas in 2020. Dang. That's crazy. So how what was it like, obviously, with Jennings, but when you when you knew Coach Morris was getting the job, what was your reaction? Uh, I was ha- I was happy. Uh, I was really excited for him to get the job. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I ha- kind of had a relationship with him at Tech. He was offensive coordinator, but I had a good relationship with him at Tech, and um, – you know, when y'all found out he got the job, I was like, okay, like I can be more comfortable. I knew he was gonna bring in some some great coaches like Coach Capone, Coach Jennings, and uh Coach Crash, all the defensive coaches and offensive coaches. Uh, I was really excited when I found out he got the job. Was was there ever a moment when you were on scout team and either going against the offense or just shelling stuff or something like that that you remember about either Coach Morris or something that he did or something that how he kind of operated at Texas Tech that you kind of like think back on like oh you know I, I remember when he did this or that yeah just the just the I would say more uh when I think back it was just the, the offense like the high air raid tempo yeah. offense that um he has in store uh, I know that's the type of coach he's been uh that's all I remember going against those guys like you know like, the quarterbacks at, at Tech in your in your years um it was Nick Shimanek mm-hmm. um Jet Duffy there was Alan Bowman, and yeah. that was it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, you kind of mentioned the some of the defensive coaches uh, that that were brought in. Obviously, for you, uh, you know, it's a different staff from the the Seth Luttrell staff. Uh, what has it been like getting to know them? Uh, just how would you describe uh, the strengths and kind of what they bring to the table? Especially, obviously, uh, Matt Capone. Um, defense is great. Uh, Defensive coaches are great. Um, 
they came in and we all got a great relationship with them right away. They're all outgoing coaches. Um, they're there for you outside of football. You can go in up there and talk to them at any point. Uh, coach Capone's he's actually like the corners coach and the defensive coordinator. And man, it's great learning from him, learning the new defense. Uh, I think this the new defense is amazing. I think it's going to help us a lot in this conference. What's it? What's because uh, we've been asking everyone this. What's the biggest change for you in terms of from last year to this year for the defense? Um, nothing really. Um, just a lot of different schemes. The obviously like new defensive coordinators, we have different schemes. Just yeah. uh, terminology is changing, schemes are changing, but in all, like you know, we all have same uh, same tendencies, same same coverages. It's just a lot of terminology, things changing like that. But in all, it's all the same. Um, Defense is again. Defense is great. I like playing in this defense. Uh, yeah, it's gonna help us a lot. Uh, we already talked about obviously how you were second oldest now on the team. Um, obviously, you have Ridge Dehada had a big year last year. Um, Lorenzo Thompson's coming up. Um, how has it been to see those guys, especially Ridge specifically, you know, do as well he ha- as he has? Man, when I went down against UTEP, and I was watching Ridge grow. Uh, the whole season and have this this season that he had, man, it made me so happy. Like, I would I would text him every time, or I would talk to him and be like, man, like I'm proud of you, dog. Like we always knew Ridge had it in him. Uh, Lorenzo's balling too. Uh, we have great depth in the secondary and on defense, man. I was uh, man, like to see the growth from those guys, man, it's been amazing. What's it been like to be a met like? I, I assume you have like a kind of a mentorship type of you know role with that. What's that been like for you? Uh, it's been it's been great. Like seeing those guys like Taylor Starling and Colin and uh, Brian being able to you know be a leader and talk to those guys and give them the ropes and get them acclimated to college football. Man, it's been great. Uh, they're they're great listeners. They're um, they take coaching. They take coaching from uh, even you know older guys like me and Ridge and Zoe. And things like that, and it's been good. Was there ever a moment in uh, fall camp, or even maybe even spring, or whatnot, where one of those freshmen kind of caught you by surprise, where it's like, oh, you know, that, that, that that's a special play for a freshman, whether it's you know Javen, Evan, you know Taylor, someone, Brian, any of those guys? Yeah, all of them. I mean, literally, like all of them are like, I think that they're college football ready. Like, you know, you see some freshmen come in sometimes, and they're not ready. Like. When I came in, I wasn't ready at, at Texas Tech, but I see a lot from those guys. Evan, especially, um, you know, Javen's playing well. Um, Taylor's playing well. Brian's playing well. Colin's playing well. I think that we have, like, a lot of depth from bottom to top because, you know, like, we're only good as our weakest link. And mm-hmm. if we have guys that are ready to play at the bottom, like, if somebody may say somebody goes down or, you know, we can actually rotate guys in, I think uh, – I think those freshmen are really good. Yeah. Um, what's it been like? Obviously, new conference, new coach. How does it kind of feel like? What's the feeling around this team this year? Is there is there, is there a different feeling than, than previous years? Man, it's a it's a it's a different feeling, and I think the feeling is great. Like we want to win. Like we've been putting in so much work this summer, um, doing extra, getting extra catches in, doing extra uh, drills. Um, doing extra stretching, you know, like we know, like we're on a bigger stage now. We're in the American conference playing, you know, some of the same teams, but we're playing some, you know, better teams and things like that. And I think that the feeling around here is like, all right, now we got to level up. Like 
it's it's on this season. For for you personally, is there how would you describe kind of your approach going into this year? Is there pressure? Is there like all right, this is my you know last year, I got to make it count, or is it is it more so like you know I'm just gonna do what what I what I do? Man, it's just a do what I do feeling like you know like. I don't even think back to my ACL anymore. Like out there in practice, yeah, I feel like the old me, like or even an even better me. Um, no pressure at all. Like I know I'm capable in my um, in my capabilities, and I feel like that you know I'm gonna have a great season, and I'm coming to you know show the world that I can I can play and hopefully you know do things past you know college. Yeah, with Cal being the first game week one at home is that the type of game that adds like fuel to y'all throughout camp to be like all right we have to be ready by week one because you know we don't play an fcs school we don't play some small school we play you know pac-12 school off the rip 100 percent. no we we like to treat everyone the same but you know like a lot of te- you know you go on the media and, you know they have you know us losing or something like that and it adds fuel it adds fuel to us. We know what we are capable of doing, and we're going to go out there and put on a show, you know, and show the world that, like, you know, we don't care what the media says or anybody else. Like, we're coming to play. We're coming to win. We're coming to win a conference championship, a bowl, a bowl ring, and everything like that. It's good, good to know. Good to know. You clip, get all the newspaper clippings, get them all yeah. out. Yeah. And if Colin, if Colin says you're gonna lose, I'll send Why it me? to you. I'm gonna send it to Why you me? right away so you can say don't lose. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you know, but Bruni is is like famous for saying bad things about the basketball team and then like putting stuff in the locker room. So, so that's 2019, know. 2020. Good times. Yeah. 21 actually. 21. Yeah. 21. Yeah. Um. Anyways, we normally close with, uh, I guess, a few fun questions that aren't related to football. First one being, we asked Rob Brown, you know, what he does on the side as a second sport. He said track, if he were to play another sport. He said he did shot put. Uh, Gabe Blair said hockey. Uh, what's your second sport that you would like to play or that you played in the past that, that you would do if it wasn't football? Definitely basketball. At one point, like I would say like eighth grade, seventh grade, I was like, I'm for sure going to be a basketball player. Uh, yeah didn't work out you know then my freshman year i ended up being on varsity at corner so ended up playing football but it would be definitely uh, basketball i'm a huge basketball fan i'm a huge nba fan if you ask somebody on a team they'll know like who's the biggest nba fan in, in the in the locker room they'll definitely say me why did basketball not work out uh i was like playing with i was doing um Oh, uh, I was playing like youth AAU football mm-hmm. with uh, Truth with Deion Sanders, mm-hmm. and it was just too much to juggle. So I just chose football. Yeah, but probably smart. Probably smart. Who's your favorite I mean, NBA team? Uh, I'm a LeBron James fan. Probably his biggest fan, but definitely the Lakers. <laughs> um, if when LeBron retires, my favorite player is Tyrese Halliburton. He plays for the Pacers. Ooh. Yeah, I like I like to, we're we're huge NBA fans. We do like yeah, a like draft show every year, and it's yeah. I'm a Halley fan, man. I love his game. I love yeah. His game. He's he's on Team USA right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying, nah, I, I had the unfortunate uh the unfortunate reality of getting Killian Hayes instead of Tyrese Halliburton on the Pistons, and uh because I'm a Pistons fan, and I celebrated that. I was like, Killian Hayes is about to be the guy, and you know he's not. So that's all right. It's crazy. it's crazy seeing those things like those good players that get passed up on, like that go like fourth or fifth and those yeah. like those guys that go first and then they don't end up working out. Yeah. Like, I like Tyrese Halliburton or 
a guy like I don't know, like Tyrese Maxey or something like that is just balling now. Love yeah, him. love. Him. I watched Maxey in high school down yeah. there in Garland. Garland, man, he was he's one of the best high school players I've seen since like Cam Reddish or De'Aaron Fox. I I I watched um I watched Maxey drop forty eight in the Alamo Dome in the state semifinal. Crazy. Um, I was like, okay, yeah. That guy's, that guy's <laughs> a little different. He said, okay, yeah. Maxie, yeah. Maxie. I can't wait for him to like get his own team or take over to like the yeah, role. Get Harden out of there. Yeah. Hey, once he yeah. takes over, it's gonna, they're going to show, like, he's going to show the world, like, mm-hmm. who he is. Yeah. Um, you, you were talking about first first picks not working out, but I'm a Spurs fan. So Victor Wembanyama is going to be the future. So just, I don't see the hype, man. I don't, I don't, you'll I, see I'm it. Little, I'm you'll a little biased. It. Like, you know, like them comparing him to LeBron, like coming out of high school. But I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he has. If we'll see, as, look, he, he'll be able to play defense. If not to start off, he's seven yeah. five. Just put him at the rim. He's just gonna be able to put his hands up. I think Pop will get him right. I think Pop will get Pop him right. Him right. Yeah. There you go. That's what I like to see. We're gonna end the podcast on that note right there. Pop will get him um, right. That's what boy, did, we, did we have another question, Colin? I was gonna say we have to ask this hobby now. Oh, hobby. That's right. Yeah. So. Oh. What's your hobby? A hobby outside, I would say, just like I'm a huge, I like NBA and I like music a lot. Like I'm just a music listener outside of outside of football. Like I don't watch much TV, much you know shows or movies. I like I just sit down, turn some music on. Me neither. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't watch shows. But when you tell people you don't watch shows, everybody looks at you funny, right? It's like, what do you mean you haven't seen? This show or this show or I, like Stranger Things. Everybody's like, "Why have you not seen Stranger Things?" I'm like, Never "I'm sorry, a I haven't." Single episode of that. I, I just yeah, I haven't seen, seen that either. So it, I get that look a lot. But um, all right, this was good. This was good. Appreciate it, John. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely be following y'all throughout the year. So again, like I said, if Colin says anything negative, I will send <laughs> it over your way immediately. I got y'all. All right, appreciate it, John. Appreciate you. Hello, everybody. We are excited to announce our partnership with Homefield Apparel through the Dave Campbell's Republic of Football Podcast Network. Homefield has launched their North Texas Apparel line as they continue to expand their growing collection uh, that is now over 150 teams across the country. Obviously, this is a huge deal for us as we are incredibly excited to give y'all a discount code for y'all's orders as y'all go in there and see what they got and obviously uh, buy things just based off Twitter. Y'all will be doing plenty of that. The discount code is MGREEN, which gives first-time customers 15% off and returning customers 10% off. Again, the discount code is MGREEN. For those watching, let's put it up on the screen, Colin. Mm -hmm. Uh, That code works for any purchase of home field, even if it's not North Texas specific. Home field is obviously uh, one of the major apparel lines in the entire country. It's dedicated to diving into the archives and history of each school to discover unique designs that make them perfect for showing off your school pride as college football returns. Colin, what, what do you think of home field apparel? Yeah, I mean, I feel like as all North Texas fans, we've been waiting for a moment like this in a long time. Obviously, home field apparel seems to have the hookup for us. I mean, I'm really, really excited to get my hands on some of those designs that they got. As Bruni already said, they don't just have the generic, you know, North Texas. It's It dives into what makes a school special, which I think I'm the most excited for. So you'll be seeing some of that on the podcast if y'all, y'all are watching. You'll be seeing yeah. us wearing some of that stuff. Definitely. If you're interested, visit the Homefield website at homefieldapparel.com. It's super easy, and you can access their wide-ranging selection of, of teams. Shop at Homefield and use our discount code MGREEN at checkout to get your discount. All right, Colin. Um, we have one protruding topic to talk about protruding? today. That's the or, word you wanted to use there? Is, that's, that's the, the word. Por- it's probably, it probably is kind of right, but it just sounded not great. 
Yeah, I didn't say with much. It didn't, it, it didn't roll off the tongue. Protruding. Protruding. Sticking out, projecting. The example what? from Google is a stocky guy with a furrowed brow and a protruding bottom lip. <laughs> protruding. I What's a synonym for that? Just give me one. You hear that? You hear that? No, I don't. No. Okay, never mind. Uh, synonym: stick out, poke out, project, mm. stand out, come through. So I, I it's the right that, word. That, that protruding was definitely the right word for sure. Protruding, definitely All the right. most intelligent sounding word. Anyways, uh, protruding. Uh, and that's the quarterback position, Colin. Yeah, because I, I posted on our our Twitter. Shout out to everybody who follows us on Twitter slash X. And uh, I just posted a clip of Eric Morris saying, uh, you know, we, we still don't have – it's still a competition, yada, yada, yada. Then Vito asked, you know, well, you said in the spring that it was going to be done, and then the summer it was going to be done, and then the fall is going to be done, and it hasn't been done. You know how Vito asks questions. And um, it was – he was just like, well, you know, we haven't really gotten any clarity yet. And he said he wants to – snaps get... were going one way. He – when? He said in the, in the most recent. You talking one. about the second one? I'm talking about the first one. Still. Oh, first, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm talking about the first one still. The first one, and then he was like, "We really want to find a quarterback because we want to start giving them the first team reps before Cal, obviously." And that was our whole thing year after year. Whenever we got to, we were talking about South the Trail, and overwhelmingly, people were, at the very least, moderately concerned. Um, and I'm kind of with them. We'll get into the second interview uh, in a bit but like you know in theory Chandler Rogers should have had this locked up for a while now yeah this shouldn't have been a quarterback competition unless Stone Earl is the second coming of Mason Fine in the spring so that we'll get the Stone Earl in the spring it was Jace Reuter right we're like oh I don't know it might be Jace Reuter but then we had to be calmed down and it's Chandler Rogers okay it's Chandler Rogers now in the fall the second interview happens or the second presser happens after their scrimmage we get a lot of Stone Earl talk, Colin. Mm-hmm. Stone Earl pushing Chandler Rogers for the starting job. So now Jace Reuters presumably presumably out of the picture. And you get two guys who are mobile. Um, obviously, Stone Earl is more of a runner than Rogers. But are you concerned? Is this a worry? Is this something we should be pressing the panic button for? I have no precedent with Eric Morris outside of what he did. At other schools. And at other schools, he knew how to pick them. Yes. I don't want to project my fears that we had with Seth under Eric Morris, but I swear to God, if he rolls Stone Earl out there and he is not him, dude, there's going to be some problems. I because then we're just in the same situation we've been in. And I don't want to be in that situation, especially when you got to pick your guy. You got to pick Chandler Rogers. Yes. You know, you it's, it's, from it's very point. similar to the, you know, picking Jace Reuter thing. You know, yeah. you picked him now. Picking any, yeah. Yeah. All the picking any, any, any of them. Um, so my, I, I don't want to hit the, hit a panic button or whatever, because it's a different coach. He, he sees things differently, but I don't know what Stone Earl has done between last year and this year to make him to where he's all of a sudden beating out a starting caliber quarterback who put up numbers at another school. So, the, 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 again, we have both been very, very adamant that this is not the same coaching staff and this is not the same head coach mm-hmm. that we've had the past three, four years, right, when we had the problems of at the quarterback position. Um, 
And our belief is that no matter if Chandler Rogers is the quarterback, you not only have a belief in Chandler Rogers as the player, but as Eric Morris as the coach. Yeah. So that's the difference. Now, the question, again, you're right, is if they pick Stone Earl and it's wrong, or I don't want to say wrong, but if he doesn't perform, yeah, then we have to be like, all right, how did you get this one wrong? You've been right for year after year after year at Texas Tech, at, you know, um, Incarnate Word, and now um, obviously you take your quarterback from there up to uh, Washington, but um, like, or Washington State, rather. But, like, what went wrong with this selection in particular? So I'm still, at this very moment, I'm going to believe it's Chandler Rogers wholeheartedly, and I will be shocked, floored, if Stone Road is the quarterback. Like bottom line, I will be. Would you be floored though with all this talk? I feel like I feel like he's priming us for it to be Stone Earl. <laughs> is he? Pr- that, that's my concern. Is that it's he's like getting like, us ready for the letdown? Yeah, it's been like like we talked up Chandler Rogers, and then it's kind of like he's talking about Jace Rudin Stone Earl during spring, and then it's Stone Earl these last couple. Uh, what? what? Don't roll your eyes. No, the thing is, I, I get that. <laughs> Look, I I try not to roll my eyes a lot. <laughs> I I just get I just get. I get nervous because we know what Chandler Rogers can and can't do. And again, I'm not saying they don't know. They know obviously well, a lot more than what we know at this point. Right. But from an in-game perspective, which coaches at times struggle with because practices don't immediately translate to games, right? They don't directly translate to games. Like guys that look great in practice don't always look great in games. We had this problem with um, obviously Jace Ruder to a degree, but then Austin Ani and so on and so forth. Chandler Rogers, we've seen do this in games. Yeah. Chandler Rogers, we've seen do this um, with less competition in the Sun Belt against good teams, put up 70% completion percentage uh, in games, like, and, and quality numbers. And he, we saw him go against Texas and, you know, hold his own out there for a bit. Um, Stone Earl, we've seen him run. Yeah. Uh, at the goal line. That's it. <laughs> like, that's Wildcat. It. And it was wild. It was gimmicky. It wasn't. Yeah. Like, oh, come yeah. in for this drive and really, you know, give us like what Austin Ani was giving us. It's like, all right, you're the Wildcat quarterback, which is fine, which is great. But um, we've seen Chandler Rogers do a lot more. Here's a question. If he does go with whoever he goes with and if it's theoretically close, how, concern, how concerning would it be if they, we started doing the same thing that we did at Ani and uh, Jason Bean a few years ago, where it's just like they'll play a half, yeah. other one plays a half, and then it's like 1A, 1B on the, Again, on the depth chart going the, into each game? I want, to, I want to emphasize. I want to overly emphasize. I want to make it abundantly clear. With Eric Morris as the head coach, I don't think North Texas will have bad quarterback play. I don't think it's – like I just don't think they're going to have bad quarterback play. I'm yeah. not going to say it's not possible – but like, there's nothing in his track record that says, "Oh, we need to be hesitant." So, if Stone Row is the starter, I think he's going to get the most out of Stone Row. Is it enough? I don't know. Like, is it going to be dynamic? Like, maybe Chandler Rogers? I don't know. But like, it's clearly a different quarterback. Maybe he sees something in him that he likes. Ultimately, I just think Chandler Rogers is too accurate, too polished. Um, there's too many boxes he checks from what he did last year. Uh, it would shock me if Chandler Rogers is not the quarterback and I'm, I'm prepared to be shocked at this point. We will have an emergency podcast. If he says Stone Earl's the quarterback, when he said, he said next week he was going to name, he was going to name it, right. He's going to announce where the snaps are going. It's 
been next week for like five months. Well, um, next you're running out of weeks, so we're, running, we're <laughs> two weeks got, away. Yeah, you got one left to tell two, us. Like it's literally at this point in the year, it is game prep time for yeah. every team in the country. Heck, a lot of teams play next week. So, you know, what is that? Like 15, 16 teams are yeah. playing in nine days. The rest of the teams are playing in 16 days. Yeah. If you don't have a starting quarterback right now, you don't have a starting quarterback. I hate to say I hate to say it. And it does give me pause. Or you play it like Seth said, and you had two starting quarterbacks. You just don't know which one to play. Come Again, on, Jimmy. It's, it's the whole thing. If you have two starting quarterbacks, you don't have one starting quarterback. If you if, if you have two wives, you don't have one wife. You know, that's the old saying, right? <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> two wives. You, well, obviously, you don't have one wife. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I like it, though. I like it, though. Good, good. You have two girlfriends, Matthew you only you don't have one girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Put on a shirt. So that's you have two girlfriends, you don't have a wife. There you go. Ooh, there you go. That's what I that's why you're here, Colin. That's why you're here. If you have two girlfriends, you don't have a wife. Yeah. And it's looking a lot like Eric Morris has two girlfriends here in the quarterback room, and we're trying to figure out which one's the wife, and we don't know which one it is. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was gonna be Chandler Rogers. And now I'm concerned because if Chandler Rogers can't pull away from the job with the job in six months of being here or five months of being here. Maybe he's not as good as we thought he was. Maybe. Or maybe Stone Earl's not as good as we thought he was or not as bad as we thought he was. Colin, I've been around college football a long time. I'm hate to tell you, but I don't think North Texas has two quarterbacks that are in the top half of the American. I don't think good it's point. Possible. That is a good point. I don't point. think it's possible. So that is a good yeah. point. At the very, if we're lucky to have one, and I thought that one would be Chandler Rogers as the top seven, eight quarterback in the American. Yeah, they don't got two. They don't got two. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, anything else before we go? Um, obviously the Kevin Wood injury update was not very encouraging. No, he he did. He was like tried to be optimistic, but like you know, I think he's on track. He kept saying he's on track. He's on track to. Yeah. I was like on track to do what? Yeah, like on track play, to want us to have him play in the Cal game. Yeah, like play 60 <laughs> snaps against Cal. Is that what he's on track for? He's not even yeah. like in fall camp right now. What are we? Oh, what is he on track for here? Yeah. So I don't think he's going to be – I don't want to say he's not going to be available, but it doesn't feel, sound great right now. And mm-hmm. we talked to Reed. We've talked to people about the linebacker room, and it's a major concern. And, Colin, I think this is karma for us for the past three years saying linebackers – have not mattered in North Texas defense. Um, I understand this is a different defense. Not mattered. Okay, well, with the Katie Davis situation, the Larry Nixon situations, to me, I was always like, Katie Davis put up 150 tackles. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't mean he wasn't good. And I said when Larry Nixon left that it would be an issue. Like, you did. And I kind of disagreed with you on on that. um, I thought the Jair Shorter departure was more impactful. Um, My whole thing is, I'm taking the Murphy twins over Katie Davis. Like I'm taking one of them. Like I just think a pass rusher of that the, that level. I'm taking, you know, the the Deion Novils. Um, I'm taking Deshaun Gaddy. Like I'm taking those guys over a linebacker in that defense. Yeah, in those defenses, I should say, because they change coordinators all the time. Uh, we'll see what this defense looks like. Um, I think Jordan Brown. He got a shout out from Morris. I think Jordan Brown is still capable. Again, I've watched him as a freshman play actual like football and i was like that guy's a good football player and now he's a junior yeah. so 
I'm going to keep buying the stock until I'm completely proven wrong. But anyways, linebacker room is not looking great. Um, that's probably the biggest question mark on the team. Other than that, you know, tight end, we'll have to see. Christian Lee, you know, hold the flag, man. Do what you got to do. Hold the rope. Just there actually hold the flag when you run out and then just yes. walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is your is – your, because uh, you said over six wins – over six and a half wins or under six and a half wins? I have not done an official season predict- prediction yet, Colin. Well, you've been but leaning. It's... You've been leaning to like six ish. Has that number changed over the recent Look, developments? I've of the got quarterback multiple texts. I've got multiple text from people that you know, people that you don't know. Um, I know of them, but I've gotten multiple texts of people saying under six and a half. And Colin, and they they say it with confidence. Yeah, I'm. I'm unfortunately part of that. I just haven't said it yet. Look, a the American, as much as people want to, um, you know, hype up Temple and Navy and Tulsa and so on and so forth. Those are all the games that we're gonna have to see. Those are the fifty-fifty games. Those are the games like UAB at home. Like there, there are five games in this schedule. And if here, let me pull up the schedule real quick because I've done this before. There are two games where I think North Texas will walk in and win the games, right? That's FIU and that's Abilene Christian, okay? There's two right there. Then you have, I believe it's five games, and the schedule's not loading for me, but I'll I'll make this work because I'm pretty sure I have most of the schedule memorized, and then I've also texted people. Um, All right, I pulled up. Then you have La Tech on the road, Mm -hmm. Navy on the road, Temple at home, um, Tulsa on the road and UAB at home. Five games there that are going to be, I look at as being, you know, field goal spread type games, like games that are four points or less in the spread, which are going to go either way. I think North Texas is honestly going to be favored in four out of five of those, if not all of those. Do they win the games being two or three point favorites? You know, that's a different subject, but I do think they're going to go into those games being somewhat favored. Mm. so the the optimistic side of me says i think they can win four out of five of those and i don't think that's asking too too much so if they win four of those and get the two automatic ones there at six then comes the stretch of death where it's two lane stretch memphis. of death is i like that though <laughs> two lane memphis utsa and smu that's we're gonna coin that now it's trademark Tr- stretch, stretch of, of death. death yeah can you win one of those four mm-hmm and I think the answer to that is yes. I think this team will win one of those four. What if Chandler Rogers isn't starting? I'm probably taking the under because <laughs> I won't feel as good in those 50-50 games. Yeah. And I already don't feel great right now that Rogers is having to pull this out. But that's how I'm looking at the schedule. If I'm looking at an over, if I'm looking at seven-plus wins here, I'm looking at the two auto wins, winning four out of those five games where it's going to be like tight, like UNT minus three or minus two. And then can you give me one of those games where Memphis, you're going to be a five, six, seven point underdog, UTSA, seven point dog, SMU, 10 point dog, you know, um, Tulane, 10 point dog. Like, can you give me one of those games? I think we see one upset win this season and that gets them over. Now I do want to was SMU. What was that? Be so good if it was SMU with them wanting to go to a different conference. 
I hate SMU. I hate SMU too. I hate SMU so much. Like I, I don't know which one I hate more, SMU or UTSA. Definitely SMU. Like UTSA, it's like a brotherly type of rivalry. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas like SMU, I would go like I go to the campus and I like automatically hate the people there. <laughs> like like UTSA to me is like you know we're in the same boat here. And also yeah. I don't look at I as good as UTSA has been at football. I look at it as like they can't keep getting away with this. They're they're not. Oh be yeah. Forever. yeah, they don't once, have enough infrastructure and money. Once yeah. Jeff Trailer's gone, I don't look at them as being a super big threat. Right. Um. But again, that competition is healthy. SMU is like it's a disdain. We don't want to be here. We hate you all. I don't even know why we play you. And I want to leave. Yeah. And then they leave, and I'm like, yeah. Yo, hold on. You haven't won a conference title in how long? You have. You know, let let's pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. real quick okay let's just pump the brakes you're not you what Tulane did last year SMU was will has not done this century so let's just calm down but anyways I don't know how we got off on that tangent I do I wish it, I hope it is SMU as well yeah because it's not gonna be Tulane so my <laughs> god if we could if North Texas could just not get blown out like if we put the over under of like blowout losses this year at two and a half, it needs to be under two and a half. half. I was gonna to say it's got to be like one or two max. You'd have to I make UT, you'd have to you'd have to be or make UTSA close and Memphis close. Yeah, I'd be cool. Just two out of those four games, make them close losses. Like I again, I don't expect you to win uh, all of them, but just make them close because I'm tired of these seasons of getting blown out five, six times a year. Like last year, SMU by thirty-eight, UNLV by thirty-one. Uh, obviously Memphis by the UNLV 10. game was crazy. <laughs> uh, and then last week, uh, who did we have on? Uh, Gabe Blair. And he was like, you know, the UNLV game. Because it's it was obvious. You shouldn't get blown out by UNLV. It's just yeah. obvious. Yeah. Uh, it's just like you don't do that. Um, so, again, and then last year, you know, UAB get blown out. UTSA get blown out in the championship game. So, that was four last year. Four blowout losses last year. And we know years past – it's been four or five as well. So, okay. Last thing uh, that I want to ask you: um, yeah. What are we going to do? Season predictions? Obviously, the game prediction week of Cal. So, so then the, the here's the schedule. Yeah, let them, let, the it, schedule. let it rip. Let it rip. Here's the schedule. On Monday, I think we're going to put it on Monday or Tuesday, but Monday tentatively for now, Monday the twenty first, we're going to have uh, a, a writer that covers Cal on the podcast, so we can already talk about Cal, preview Cal, get all that done there. Um, after we talk to him, we will do our, um, I don't know if we'll do our game prediction. No, we're not gonna do our game prediction, but we're just gonna talk to the Cal Rider first and we'll probably do a reaction of whoever the quarterback is and, you know, final reaction. Assuming that one's named, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's on Monday. On Friday, I'd say Thursday or Friday of that week, we'll do our season predictions. And then the next week it's game week, right? It's you go, we're going to preview it on tuesday wednesday and then boom saturday's game yep so three podcasts and then game day so there you have it there you have it um anything else i think we're done with the pod right yeah i think i think that's it all right well actually um, one more thing for the monday for the monday podcast coming up just in case there's not a lot to talk about or on one of those podcasts next week we should do a q a okay probably the friday one actually we'll do season previews yeah i can do that we can do that 
yeah we can make that happen um shout out to everybody who's been supporting us on twitter or x um or over we, gotta, we have to decide that right now well i've seen a lot of people i do don't like, want to hear the or i don't want to hear that okay you, we decide right this second yeah. what we're calling it we're up to 322 followers on twitter now almost beating me we call it twitter boom all right twitter for now until twitter.com does not work it's called twitter okay all right, yeah, we're up to three twenty-two, and I think that's like up thirty in the past week or two. Yeah, that's big. So, I'm at four twenty-one. I think actually four twenty-one. So, past me—that's the goal this past, season. Past Colin—that's that's the goal. Uh, we'll past continue me. once the season starts up. We'll have uh, content coming on the daily two podcasts a week. Um, you know, graphics, polls, all that stuff. So, stay tuned for that. Um, on on YouTube, subscribe, leave us a like, comment, share. All that good stuff. Um, we appreciate all the subscribers. I don't know, remember what we're at right now, on the on the. Uh, let me check. Let's do it. Two thirty eight. Climbing, big. climbing about ten a week right now. So again, yeah. Thank you all for for subscribing. So that hope you enjoyed boost. it. What was that? It's the boost from the American. Yeah, that's what it is, Colin. That's what it is. All right. Uh, well, we will talk to y'all later. Uh, there's the schedule um, laid out for y'all. Um, be on the lookout for all that. And follow us on uh, Twitter, Green Room UNT, Matthew Bruni underscore, CJH Mitchell. Uh, you follow us on um, once this coming week, or once we get back into two a week, we'll, we're going to figure out how we want to distribute it with uh, Dave Campbell's and on our own platform and stuff. So we'll let y'all know. And yeah, till then, we'll talk to y'all later.